Welcome to Spotlight ETSU. I'm your host, Stephen Jansen. On today's episode, we have Randy Sanders, director of the Reese Museum. Stay tuned, we are turning on the Spotlight. Hey, we're here at Spotlight ETSU with Randy Sanders, director of the Reese Museum, which is here on campus near the library. So, Randy, actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, who is Randy Sanders? Who is Randy Sanders? Yeah, where do you come from? What's your background? You know, what led you to your position today? I was born uh, in Johnson City. Okay. But uh, I left uh, East Tennessee when I was in first grade. My dad went into the service, went back into the service, um, into the Army, and so over the next 12 years, I went to 13 different schools. So we moved a lot during that time. I started my college uh, at the University of Miami in Florida, and uh, in my junior year, transferred to ETSU. Um, I got a degree in graphic design, uh, married, and um, my wife and I moved to Richmond, Virginia, and then moved back to Tennessee. And um, a bit unorthodox, but I always felt like an artist needed to spend at least one year in New York City. <laughs> you know, so, um, so I moved there with the idea of staying for one year. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, uh, one year turned into two and two turned into three and I kept saying, move to New York and, and my wife uh, at the time kept saying, move back to Tennessee. So eventually I did move back to Tennessee, <coughs> um, and uh, we started a family. I have one daughter who is at ETSU in her senior okay. year. Um, but when I moved back, I went to work in Jonesboro for a organization that was just being created called the Heritage Alliance. Mm -hmm. And a part of the Heritage Alliance is a museum. Okay. So I had worked at a gallery in New York, um, <laughs> And, and then I came to ETSU to work um, in the Center for Appalachian Studies and Services as the managing editor of a magazine called Now and Then, okay. the Appalachian Magazine. Right, I've heard of it, yeah. And uh, that's what brought me to ETSU. Uh, but in 2013, um, the then director of the Reese Museum uh, took another position and left the university, and I was asked to step in uh, for six months okay. while, while they did a search for uh, a new director. And then I was asked to stay for a year. <laughs> and New York, New York all over again, uh, right? Right. And, and, um, so, uh, and then uh, earlier this year, um, I was made the director of the museum. Okay, well, very cool. So, yeah, I guess all of that with New York and moving around a lot and uh, leading to uh, <clears throat> your experience in, you know, the museum in, uh, did you say it was Greenville? In, in Jonesboro. Jonesboro, Jonesboro uh -huh. I apologize. So that gave you the experience, basically, that kind of brought you to the Reese Museum. So when they needed somebody, you were like, hey, I'm right. here. Yeah, okay. Very cool. So, 
you know, uh, what's, could you sum up, what is the goal of the Reese Museum? You know, why is it here? What's, what's its, what does it achieve, or what does it aim to achieve whenever it brings in a new uh, exhibit or a new educational program? What does it try to do? I think the, you know, the history of the Reese Museum, I, and in fact, um, on October 10th of this year, um, we started our, um, we finished our 50th year. Mm -hmm. You know, the museum was founded in its current location uh, and under its current name on October 10th, 1965. Mm -hmm. It has a much uh, longer history though, doesn't it, overall? Oh, it, mm -hmm. it does. You know, uh, in the late 1920s, a, a, a history professor started a um, museum as a class project. Mm -hmm. And then in the 1960s, you know, in 1965, shortly after that, with the establishment of the uh, B. Carroll Reese Museum, uh, some of the collection from the Department of Art, you know, became part of the mm -hmm. part of the uh, Reese collection. So it's really a an art and history museum, right? And we try to find a balance, you know, between those those two things. Um, uh, in addition to you know to that, you know, we've done outreach programs. You know, yesterday there was a school group of you know thirty some children in, so we do, we do that sort of thing. Um, last year we had probably 50 some uh, undergraduate students uh, in the Department of History uh, who put on, you know, who curated many exhibits, you know, in one of our hallways. So we're always looking for ways to engage, you know, students and the community. Okay. So you were telling me before the show started about two really particular uh, exhibits that are currently in the museum at the moment, one of right. them being the Magnificent Magnavox and right. on uh, former student Flesher. Uh, uh -huh. Could you tell us about these? Sure, uh, and, and this speaks to what I was saying about mm -hmm. being an art and history museum. Right. Magnificent Magnavox is really a, you know, a history exhibit in the sense that it tells the story of Magnavox in East Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You know, shortly after World War II, um, Magnavox was looking to expand. Their corporate headquarters at that time were in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and um, they ended up moving to Greenville. Uh, eventually, they had uh, other plants, not as large as the ones in Greenville, but other plants in the region. You know, I think three in North Carolina. There was a, a cabinet plant in Johnson City. Um, and so um, by the time that, that, the, um, uh, that Magnavox closed, or shortly before it closed, um, it was the fifth largest public employer in the state of Tennessee. So it had a huge impact on, on the region. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really, you know, it tells that story about moving from an agrarian uh, economy, you know, mm -hmm. which Greenville primarily was, right, of course, to a manufacturing um, community. What uh, better place to tell that story than in the Reese Museum, right, right. in the community? So a, a man uh, named George Collins, who taught museum studies at um, 
Tusculum College, I did a, an exhibit at the Nathaniel Green Museum a few years ago. And, and it, was a, it was a very good, um, it was a very good exhibit. Uh, not as large as the one that we're showing at the Rees, but they didn't have the space you know, right. that, that, that we do. And, and after that exhibit, people would come up to George, or during that exhibit, while it was going on, would come up to him and say, you know, uh, I have this or that Magnavac, uh, Magnavox artifact, or my, one of my relatives has, you know. So uh, long story short, uh, they started donating uh, Magnavox made um, units to, um, to Mr. Collins. He did not have the space for it, and so Scott Nicewanger mm-hmm. stepped in uh, because uh, Magnavox is what brought uh, Mr. Nicewanger to East Tennessee to begin with. He was a pilot for, for Magnavox. <laughs> so, uh, so um, he donated, gave some space where they could start collecting these, these artifacts. Oh, very and cool. I can't imagine that a whole lot of people expect that they'll start collecting CRT TVs right. you know, from years and years ago. Uh, so could you tell us about the other exhibit that's currently going on in the museum? You sure. had briefly mentioned it. It, it. it is an art museum. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's an art exhibit. Uh, it's called uh, the Fletcher Exhibit. Mm-hmm. And the background to it is that Fletcher Dyer was uh, in his senior year at ETSU in 2009. Um, he had a, a great love for uh, social and political art. And as a graphic design major, you know, that fit right in his, his uh, wheelhouse. Seemed to go right hand in hand. That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, so in any event, tragically, uh, he, was, um, uh, he was killed in a motorcycle accident in his senior year. His mother, uh, Barb Dyer, uh, teaches at the UT School of Law. Uh, his father teaches graphic design at ETSU in the Department of Art and Design. And, and I did not know Fletcher, but I do mm-hmm. know uh, Wayne and Barb Dyer. Mm-hmm. And and if he is anything, and I'm sure I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure he had the best attributes of both of his parents. But it's really an incredible story in that, you know, wh- when a tragedy like that happens in your life, you know, you basically have a couple of different ways you can respond to it. Right. And the way that Wayne and Barb decided to respond to that was to find a way to honor Fletcher's memory. Uh, by, uh, by building something that uh, would have his name to it, uh, but that he would have loved. That's wonderful. And so three years ago, they started the Fletcher exhibit. And uh, like I say, this is, it's in its third year now. After all the expenses are paid uh, for the exhibit, because there's an entry fee, mm-hmm. uh, after all the expenses are paid, the proceeds go towards building an endowed scholarship in Fletcher's name. Very cool. But, uh, but the exhibit itself has really grown exponentially in just three years. I mean, the exhibit is in two of our galleries. Um, it is, has works from artists from 31 different states and six foreign countries. 
Wow, well, that's, that's really wonderful. And I'd love to hear more about that. Unfortunately, we are out of time here. And so we must sign off here, but go check out the Magnificent Magnavox and the Fletcher exhibit now in the Reese Museum. This is Spotlight ETSU. I'm Stephen Jansen. Thanks for joining us.